Welcome to the School Business Leadership Podcast. Today is the final episode in the Summer of CPD series, and today I'm flying solo and tackling one of the topics I get asked about the most, difficult conversations. In this episode, I'm talking you through the three questions you need to ask yourself before having a difficult conversation, as well as sharing my tips and strategies to help you feel not only prepared, but confident too. Let's dive in. As managers, it's inevitable that we'll need to have difficult conversations with members of our teams at some point or another. These conversations are going to vary in terms of purpose and level of seriousness, but for the purpose of this podcast, we're going to talk about the difficult conversations that happen when you know there's an issue of some sort that you need to address, but you're not yet in a formal process, or as I like to call it, the awkward bit in the middle, the bit where it could go either way. So the first of the three questions that I want you to ask yourself before having a difficult conversation is this. Have you been clear? Does this member of staff know, in fact, do all of your staff know, what is acceptable and what's not in terms of behaviour and performance? Now, have you clearly stated your expectations, both as a team and individually, in terms of their behaviour and how they do their job? More specifically, and perhaps even more importantly, Have you made it clear in those instances where your staff, or this individual particularly, have fallen short? Because if someone gets away with something once, and then twice, and then more times, then they're more than likely to do it again. And that's how a habit's formed, and it's harder to break. Because if this person's behaviour goes without challenge, then they've got no concept of consequence, and therefore no reason or incentive, if you like, to change their behaviour. And that makes your job as a line manager even harder in so many ways. Because ultimately, people get away with what they're allowed to get away with. I think it was David Carter who said, what you walk past, you accept. And I think obviously he meant that in a pupil context, but I think it applies with staff as well. I know it's scary, especially if you're a new line manager. In my first SBM role, almost everyone I line managed was old enough to be my parent. But letting things go not only creates problems with one member of staff, it actually creates problems within the team. As the rest of the team see someone getting away with things that they shouldn't be, And your credibility as a manager is being chipped away the longer that you don't tackle the situation. So not only do you need to be clear about your expectations and when people fall short, but also what the consequences of continued poor behaviour or conduct or performance will be, whatever it is. And you need to be absolutely prepared to follow that through. So those consequences need to be realistic, they need to be appropriate, they need to be within policy and not said as a threat, as that will just undermine your position even more. Now, if you're in this situation and you're just starting out or you're getting ready to tackle someone, then familiarise yourself with the policies that you might need in the future and speak to your head and HR to get their advice and support. It might not ever develop into a serious situation, but approaching it with a view to potential long-term implications at this stage will help you not only figure out where you might be heading, but also make sure you've got the backing that you need when you get there. Okay, so that was the first question. Have you been clear? Now, the second question, have you been reasonable? Now, this is particularly important when it comes to dealing with a member of staff about a performance-related issue who is also potentially in denial. I find it useful in these situations to think about a union. So think of yourself sat opposite a union representative. In a worst-case scenario, what questions would they ask you? That is the best way that I can advise you to test if you have been reasonable. Because the member of staff that you're talking about or that you've spoken to might not think you have been reasonable at all, and understandably so. But the union, well, they might actually agree with you. 
Let's look at a capability process as an example of this. So the aim of capability is to help people have that moment of self-realization, to help them see what you're saying and work together, get on the same page to find a solution to the problem. And there are two possible outcomes. They're either going to improve or they won't. And by the end of the process, it will be clear that they won't and they'll probably leave. If the member of staff is in denial, then it means that you need to be absolutely clear on what you've done why you've done it, and make sure that your processes as a line manager are nailed on. A union is going to ask, is this member of staff being asked to do something appropriate in terms of their job role or their pay scale? They're going to ask whether the person has had the appropriate training to do the job. Have they been shown what is required of them? Did they have clear instructions and access to support or someone to ask questions of if they needed it? Have they done this job before? Have they had more than one chance to get it right? They're also going to ask, Has the member of staff had enough time to do the task? Were you reasonable in your expectations in terms of deadlines, especially given the balance of responsibilities they might have? Was it made clear to the member of staff that this task was a priority or that this work was critical? Has this member of staff had enough time to show that they can do the job or will soon be able to do the job? Or can you reasonably assume that they can't and never will, or at least not on your timeline? If you can answer yes to all of these things, the potential reasons why performance expectations haven't been met has dwindled down to virtually zero. Now, why virtually zero? Because there's one potential variable left that unless you start asking questions early on, may not make itself known until further down the line. Now, the last thing you want to do is find out when a union rep is opposite you, which is why it's important that in the first round of difficult conversations, you know, that awkward bit in the middle that you have with a member of staff, that you explore these avenues too. Think about the behaviour of this member of staff objectively. Has their behaviour or performance changed recently? Do you know the trigger? Have there been any changes at work in terms of the job they do or the team they're in? What if the member of staff is dealing with something outside of work that could potentially be affecting their performance on the job? So maybe they're ill, maybe a family member's ill, maybe there's been a bereavement, you just don't know. Now, my advice is, Give them the benefit of the doubt. You're going to go into this meeting with a set of assumptions and you are in danger, if you're not careful, of convincing yourself that they're true. They might well be, but there's a chance that they might not be and you really don't want to box yourself into a corner. So this also means that you need to think carefully about how you approach the meeting in terms of tone, body language and verbal language. Linking into that, the third question that you need to ask yourself is, is the member of staff already aware of the issue that you're going to raise? So have you been clear and have you been reasonable? So you would argue that at this point, probably this member of staff is going to see it coming. So does this member of staff have an idea this conversation is coming or is this going to hit them around the side of the head from nowhere? Now, I'm trying to tackle both scenarios here because I have said it's that awkward bit in the middle. So this might be the first difficult conversation or it might be the third. But if you've not even made a passing reference to your concerns before the meeting that you're about to have, then you're definitely going to need to approach it very differently than if this is your third go around the houses about this topic. You've had plenty of time to put the picture together, but to them, this could be big news. It could really feel like 0 to 60 for them. And people are people. Because when in a situation like this, faced with a difficult discussion with a line manager or someone in authority, people can react in many ways. So they could be surprised, they could be embarrassed, they could be defensive, they could be aggressive, they could be upset. They may even appear not to react at all and shut down and not speak. I've had this a couple of times. It is quite unnerving. Or they might even be relieved that they can talk to you about this and they can open up to you. 
And I've had this too. Now, as their manager, you'll have an idea what is the most likely reaction you're going to get. But depending on what's going on underneath the surface, then you have really got no way of being certain. And you may well find that you're wrong. So you do need to prepare for all scenarios. Remember, a difficult conversation in this context isn't about proving guilt or apportioning blame. It's about establishing a dialogue. It's about meeting in the middle. It's about getting on the same page and agreeing a way forward. Okay, so those three questions again. Number one, have you been clear? Number two, have you been reasonable? Number three, is the member of staff already aware of the issue that you're going to raise with them? And P.S., how is that going to affect how you approach the conversation? So you're probably wondering if having difficult conversations gets any easier. And actually, do you know what? It does. It doesn't get any nicer, but it does get easier. The truth is, the more that you have these types of conversations, the easier it gets. You can sleep at night, your stomach doesn't knot up as much, and you can gain confidence in your own ability to say the right words in the right order and in the right way. So you're probably thinking, well, how do you get to that point? And practice is a part of it. But actually, someone said this to me on Twitter. We need to be morally comfortable with ourselves and our actions. It's totally natural to doubt yourself. It shows you're taking your responsibility as a manager seriously. But when you start to worry about how the person's going to respond or what other staff are going to think about you, you're going to actually talk yourself out of having the conversation at all. So stop and take a moment, check in with yourself. What do you think about the situation? What would happen if you didn't have that conversation? Who would be impacted if this issue didn't get addressed? Is it fair to other staff that this staff member acts in this way? What kind of school do you work in and does this person represent a good example of its values? If you go into a meeting not only knowing the facts but also knowing that what you're doing is the right thing, then the fog of fear begins to lift and your confidence begins to grow. Now that member of staff might not be happy with what you've got to say, but the cost of not saying it is much higher. If you've listened to this episode and you're still feeling a bit wobbly about having that conversation, then check out my Line Managing Difficult Staff Guide. I'll pop a link in the show notes. It includes seven common difficult staff types with guidance on how to handle each one, a detailed 10-step guide to having a difficult conversation, along with guidance on what to say and what not to say. If this doesn't quite cut it or your situation is particularly complex, then please do get in touch. My contact details and the link to the Line Managing Difficult Staff Guide are in the show notes at www.ljbusinessofeducation.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and I hope that this summer of CPD series has given you lots of inspiration, tips and practical advice to help you move forward. If you like this podcast and you've enjoyed the summer of CPD podcast series, it would be great if you can rate and review the show. You can rate and review the show by selecting the show in the Apple Podcast app, scrolling to the bottom and either tapping the stars to rate and or selecting write a review. This show is available in all of the podcast directories. Just make sure you hit the subscribe button in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you soon.